Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, reigning FPL champion Chuck Bailey and super producer Ian Stimson. Four days to go to the Premier League. Ah, oh, but uh, there's a better football story, isn't there, really? It's <laughs> oh, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't really have words. I genuinely don't have words. It's such a surreal experience. And maybe <laughs> Ian can understand as well as a supporter of a team that has won nothing <laughs> in my lifetime. And Does the Johnson's paint trophy mean nothing to you people? Well, the ZF data systems actually happened when I was three months old, so but there you know, you go. I, can't, I can't remember that. Uh, unreal, uh, absolutely unreal. Uh, England winning uh, the Euros We're in a in style, in in typical fashion, with uh, yeah, heart pumping a million miles a minute, and uh, Ella Toon scoring the most outrageous goal in a fucking final ever. And then Chloe Kelly getting then the perfect final goal. Just, oh, yeah, my first goal for England will be in the second half of extra time. Was it time. first goal for England? First goal for England. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Second half of extra time in a final to win the fucker. Um, I, I just unreal. Just absolutely buzzing with pride. And, uh, yeah. How's the mood over there? Is, was it a jovial day? Was everybody just walking on sunshine all day today? Ian, you were uh, out and about in the city, right? How was, uh, how was that like? I, well, I find it a little bit hard to quantify because I did a sort of very early morning news program, but nearly all three hours of it were to do with that, uh, to do with the lionesses. Uh, we had a Neil Diamond tribute act, Chuck. Excellent. Uh, I don't know if you missed that. Uh, Neil, <laughs> love that, love that. Neil Swarovski. Yeah. See, I literally got emails on the on the Sunday afternoon going, uh, "Oh yeah, by the way, if they win, uh, we're going to get a, a tribute act in to sing Sweet Caroline." Like right, okay, that 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 couldn't have been planned before, could it? <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, tough. so that yeah, so that was fun. But yeah, no, it's uh, I think yeah, there has been a real a real buzz about it, mm. and I mean, you've just seen on the, the, just the crowd shots of mm-hmm. the sheer number of well, not just women but kids, kids as well. Like there's so many kids in the crowd. I think they said it was the largest crowd the largest registered attendance for any men's or women's Euros final. <laughs> wow. I mean, they just, it's just going to annoy all the right people, isn't it? That's it was also the most watched broadcast in the UK so far this year. Yeah. 16, 16 million, I think the BBC I think it was said. 17, I think. Yeah. Which is like the whole country pretty much. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, if you, you know, for a, for a Sunday evening during the school summer holidays when a lot of people won't be around like that's it's pretty mad no hell yeah man the number one watched thing that's so cool well there was a there was a quote in um a guardian interview uh i can't remember who it was with now but it said that this is both uh the end of a journey and the start of one mm-hmm. you know because england haven't won a tournament at a senior level since 1966 how does that compare to that, Ian? Was that the mood just as jovial back <laughs> then? Or, um... Funny. You're, you're a funny man. Um, yeah, let's say it's the same. Great. Good, good, good. 
Well, as any no, correct-thinking individual, I was rooting against England because everyone hates you guys. But um, I was happy for the happiness in the Slack. I was happy for uh-huh. um, what it means for the women's game over there, especially because like it has been a concerted effort at a national level to grow the game the last few years, mm-hmm. and it is paying out, and like it just continues to grow and grow and build. And like, well, exactly. I mean, before before you interrupted me, before you interrupted me to insult me, I was going to finish the quote that I started. Fair, fair. go ahead, sir. <laughs> or start the quote <laughs> and say that it was the uh, not only the end of a journey, but the start of a journey. Mm. Uh, because uh, exactly what you say there, Oscar. That it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna trigger things, hopefully. And uh, yeah. so many people watched it, and uh, so many young girls are going to feel inspired and, and uh, not take no for an answer where they're told they can't play football anymore. You had the right people saying the right things. And I think the key is, one thing we have to acknowledge is as much as people say like, oh, the shit people like weren't making noise. No, they still were. It's just now it's about the rest of us with anything lending our voices to be louder than them, be prouder, be more widespread. And I think we've had the right people saying the right things kind of across the board. And Alex Scott and, and Ian Wright saying so that, good. look, if there's not a dynasty from this, then effectively it's it's come all from nothing. So now it's about the momentum that teams can do, you know, not having like previous Euros where clubs are like, nah, we're not going to host and we're not interested in that. And women's game doesn't have the big enough pull. And so it's just just about doing, you know. I don't. I think they're realistic. They're not expecting everyone to go out and buy a season ticket um, and be able to go to all the women's games. But each of us can do, you know, a little bit more. Maybe maybe watch a couple of games on TV if you haven't before. Maybe if you watched a couple of games last season, buy a couple of tickets. Like they're really cheap, really reasonable priced. And why not, you know, uh, if you have a little girl and and she's interested in doing football or something, go take her to a thing. Um, I think the key is. You know, I I started taking my daughter. She's three and a half now to to football as a, as a way of kind of having a shared thing to do on a Saturday. And you know, even in those classes, she is treated differently by the coaches. You can tell that they favour the boys. They t- they favour the older ones. They're they're not really interested in when they're teaching some of the basic skills and to do that. And so I'm hoping that that from stuff like this, they they start to take notice a bit more and think, no, actually, you know what, I am going to invest a bit of effort and we see that positive change uh, that is needed and, and we keep getting more and more support for the women's game. So that yeah. it, it's in the place it rightly deserves to be. And tickets are not hard to come by. Um, watching the Chelsea women is probably more fun than watching the Chelsea men at times, um, given how great of a team they are. And, uh, you know, those tickets, like you, you, they stream the games. They're easy to find. I've watched a few. Um, especially later in the season, I tend to try to check in. And to link with kind of the, the subjects of this episode, there's a couple of other things we're going to touch on before we get into it, but we're talking about fantasy football this year. And there's a there's a fantasy women's game, which is a private thing um, run by uh, an FPL account. And now I can't remember now. FPL Pickles is kind of big in it. And it's called ShePlays.au. So it's come from Australia. It is it as good an interface as the FPL game? No, but... You know, there's 2,000 odd people playing it. Patreon Jeff uh, for quite a while last season was first in the world, um, and I Hell think he yeah. finished. I think he finished second or third overall. Third, I think, in the end. But yeah, yeah. amazing result. And and it's just another way. You know, if that's your in and that's your way of finding out about players, you know, it... fantasy football is a great way to get into into a game. Like, if mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Oscar did his. Uh, bonus episode with Nick about how Americans find the Premier League and I think there's more than a couple of Americans who have found their way into the Premier League via this podcast and FPL is a great way to do it as well because 
if you take your first season as a burner season, it's not going to be great. It's a great way, like you say, just to learn about about different players to to start rooting for people in games that you wouldn't usually be bothered about. You know, that's why that's why I like playing fantasy football because I'm a neutral when it comes to the Premier League. You know, obviously I have certain teams I like, don't like, whatever, but I'm I haven't got a team that I support. So fantasy football is great for me because it it makes me root for someone when I'm watching. When I used to be watching Burnley, whoever, you know, sort of, it was something to root for because I'd obviously own Chris Wood or someone. Speaking of FPL, that is going to be our main topic this week as a special preview of the FPL season as we continue to wrap up our summer previews. Um, but if you are, that was quite a long sort of banter section. We just kind of wanted to get into the football coming home. Um, but if you are joining I, us- It could have been a lot longer. I can make it longer if you want. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're good there. Beating the fucking Germans as well. <laughs> Eat that, you slugs. There it is. Come on, you you had to shit your pants a little bit when they scored, though. Be honest. It was it was predicted. It was completely coming. Uh, but you look at the the tournament as a whole. Um, England, you know, played really poorly for the first bit against Spain. Came back and won. Played poorly for the first part of against Sweden. Came back and won. Goal and- of the tournament too. In that, in the semi-final, the back heel. Oh my god! I'm back in Elatoon's goal is better. I think it's better for ability and for narrative because. Bro, but uh, come on, back heel, no, 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 nutmeg. No, no, no. No. Give me yeah, a break. No, that's cool. That's that's cool. Of course it's cool, and it, it would be ridiculous to say not. But for me, <laughs> like that relies on so much luck happening. But whereas you yeah. look at the ball from Kira Walsh, the run for Toon, the the calmness. Nil nil, Euros final, goalkeeper running down on you, and you do like the most surreptitious dink for it to fall just under the crossbar. Mm. Mm. Oh, it was the decision making that I liked to that one because she could have tried perfect. to smash it, could have, but it was just perfectly, yeah, perfectly pitched power wise uh, chip. That was my favourite. Um, whereas the whereas the other one was a sort of instinct back heel that with that had a lot of luck. I mean, it was still great and it was great to watch. But I, I'm sort of inclined to agree. I think the decision making of just go, I'm just going to pop this one over. Lovely. You have it was, it you was, have it, no joy for style or creativity. The Brits even among, even when a style? British person That's does it. That's a stylish goal. Are you mad? <laughs> I don't know, man. The sauce on a back heel, not me. Like that alone. <laughs> oh, it was saucy. Outside of the box lob. Mm. Yeah, all right. All right, fair enough. Anyway, um, we are one American and two Brits, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but often get distracted. Um, if you're back, thank you. We love you. We appreciate it. Leave us a review. Five stars. Patreon.com slash milesoffside for all sorts of goodies. If you're, if you're new, do that as well. Yes, also that. Yeah, well, you know, I don't want to be pushy. They're, you know, easily. No, 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 no. If you're in, you're in. That's it. We also love you. <laughs> we love you. You, you there, you listening for the first time, checking around on the bus. Yes, I am talking to you. We love you too. Well, yeah, we do love you. Give them a bit for sure. of fucking love back and leave a five star review. <laughs> <laughs> you pricks. Fair enough, fair enough. That'll definitely win them over quickly. Chuck. It'll, it'll win over the right people, okay, Oscar? Um, yeah, exactly. Before we get to the FPL, there has been a very serious story going on that we want to sort of uh, give notice to, um, and that is that there is a very troubled woman out there who is in dire need of some compassion and some love and some understanding um, with relation to a story of a player at a club uh, being charged with three counts of rape. We're not going to talk about the club. We're not going to talk about the situation Uh if you are someone who is defending a club in that sort of situation, you know, just think about that decision 
But we just want to say that we here uh, stand with women and we believe women and it is important to listen to people who need love and compassion and help uh, in extraordinarily awful circumstances. Um, and that if you have been a victim of anything like that, or this is a, a difficult subject for you, or if you're just going through anything, really, um, we are here for you. Our DMs are always open. We love you guys. Uh, and we're sending all the good vibes towards everybody who is having a difficult time with this story, obviously, um, and especially the one specific person. Mm-hmm. Who needs it most? Yeah. And even if it's not towards us as men, um, I don't know about the US, but in the UK, there are lots of really great charities that you can speak to and can get support with. Um, people like Refuge uh, are fantastic against sport and just look at what's in your local area. Um, there's all sorts of ways that you can go about um, getting help, whether it is through uh, rape, sexual violence, coercion, anything like that. Um, it's not okay. And we, as men, we can all do better. Um, in every part of our lives in order to to make this world a better place and a safer place for women as well as well just everyone well said um but from that somber note we will move on to the more fun stuff that we do uh which in this case will be us shitting on ian for uh, about the next hour or so for sucking at fpl <laughs> Uh, no, this is our big Dude. FPL season preview. We figured a way to come into this would be through looking at the first few rounds of fixtures because you probably have a whole lot of other bigger FPL content from a million other different podcasts. And that's not particularly our speciality uh, unless mm-hmm. you are on the Patreon and listen to Ian's weekly FPL specials. Um, I was on them as well. Ian's. I believe I own them now as champion. <laughs> he comes in, wins, and owns hey, the podcast. hey, hey. I'm the FPL expert now. <laughs> yeah. Well, ever since we started this podcast, I've been fucking shocking Captain at it. So, yeah, mm. yeah mm. pretty much. Uh, we figured we would look through the lens of specifically the first few weeks of the calendar, uh, both with Fantasy, fantasy Football Scouts um, fixture ticker, and we have our own in-house fixture raider uh, that you can get access to at a producer level at patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. But before we do that, do you guys want to explain, because... Um, as the resident American, I can say that Americans would not quite know how FPL works. It's a very different fantasy style. Um, so can you give like a quick 30 second explainer to any new listeners who perhaps don't know what FPL is or how it works and how it might compare to draft sport, which you guys have had a little bit of experience with? Uh, yeah. So unlike draft where you get a small group of you together and uh, only a player can only be owned by one person in that group so you might have seven or eight, eight people playing the game and each of you have got a unique team uh, in, in fantasy premier league it's uh, it's a worldwide game so uh, there is no you basically there's just a salary cap style if you like we you get given 100 million pounds or 100 million whatever and uh, the, each player has a price and you have to make a squad of 15, two goalkeepers, five defenders, five midfielders, and three forwards. And uh, yeah, as long as you don't go over budget, you're all right. There are price changes during the season based on how many people in the game are buying and selling those players. You get one free transfer every week to make, and you can buy extra transfers for four points every week. So you pick a pick a team of 11 every week out of your 15, and then... Um, There are certain chips you can play as well once a season. So you've got a a free hit where you can just ditch your team for one week and pick a brand new one as long as you stay in budget. Uh, There is a bench boost, which means you can play all 15 that week. Uh, And there is a triple captain, 
whereby oh yeah that's a that's a point i didn't even mention captain every week you pick a captain who scores double points and but when you play your once a season chip of the triple captain they get three times the points uh and then there's wild cards and this year actually there is a change if you are uh, someone who's come back to the game um because of the world cup interruption you actually essentially get three wild cards so you get one in the first half of the season, although this time it's uh, up to game week 16, which is when the World Cup takes a break. Over that World Cup period, you can make unlimited transfers. So that's essentially a, a wild card. And then there's a second wild card that you can play in the latter half of the season to reinvent your team. So a wild card means you start again uh, from scratch. And again, as long as you don't go over budget, you're laughing. But, but you know, your players just get rewarded for the things that you would expect them to do. So goalkeepers get points for saves. Um, they get points for clean sheets and assists and goals, if that's going to happen. Uh, your defenders, the same. They get clean sheets, uh, assists, goals. Midfielders and uh, forwards, the same. And the, the prices go accordingly. So, like we said, kind of with the women's game, uh, the women's FPL game, um, if you wanted to... to Maybe maybe you you're fairly new to the Premier League. Um, we do we do chart around the world. Uh, just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the charts around the big world. Up, yeah. Big up Barbados. Uh, we'll get back to you, baby. Um, yeah, and it can be a really good way for you to kind of find out more about the league and other players. And exactly as Ian said before, root have something to root for in games which mean absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah, and when I was playing, that was very much how I used it as well, was like a way to have to learn about other teams. And then I quickly realized that I didn't <laughs> want to know about other teams. <laughs> <laughs> but the key thing is, Oscar, you gave it a go and you gave it a chance. Yeah, you know? I, there, like, there was a season there where I could have named QPR players, like at least five or six. And then I was like, what's <laughs> happening here? I don't. Charlie Austin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was where my head immediately went as well. Uh, Loic Remy. Loic Remy was at QPR for a season. I remember that. Loic Remy was at QPR. He was. See? Uh, this is what I mean. I didn't want to know that fact. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I tuned out of QPR. Get out of my brain. No yeah. amount of alcohol will make this fact leave my brain. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it feels all right. It's fine. Um, but we'll go. I think so it we'll hits go- a nice sweet spot of simplicity and... You have to give it to play it properly. You have to give it some attention every week. I, oh, mm-hmm. I my big beef was always the transfer limit. Like I always wanted to do two, three, four transfers in a week, and it's like no, you only get one, or now you're hurting your scores, and that shit pissed me off. Let me make transfers. Fine, like don't give me a wild card every week, but like one transfer a week. Are you fucking kidding me? At least two, so I can like sell someone expensive. Like this is a really odd twist, Ian. That Oscar's the one focusing on the negatives here. Yeah. <laughs> I know, well, because I hate it. Okay, so glad you're joining us for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's that's the brief FPL explainer. Anyway, let's go through the fixtures. Then uh, we'll start off with Bournemouth being listed as the worst schedule according to the Fantasy Football Scout ticker. Uh, the hmm. XG Raider also has it as the 20th ranked schedule coming into the season. Uh, they have Aston Villa, City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Wolves, and Enfo, uh, which is Nottingham Forest, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> Enfo. Yep. Uh, terrible. Do either of you have Bournemouth players? I hope not. Of course not. not. They are, everyone predicted them to finish 20th. They have come up and uh, their manager has already said, we need a lot more signings. Oh, my fact. Um, Ian, is this the part where you then say, actually, I do have a Bournemouth player and then we make fun of you? Or I, I have 
fluttered my eyelashes, or rather, he has at me uh, with Solanke. But oh, for fuck's sake! Ultimately, I don't have mm. him, but I, I, I have had him in my like preseason drafts. Don't do it. He's the only player I would because he's involved in so much of their goals if they'll score any. Um, and he's he's cheap. He's six million. But ultimately, no, I don't have him in. <laughs> At the minute, and and he was he's the only one I would even consider, but no, he's not he's not in my current FPL team. Very good. All right, let's move on to the next team. Then we have Fulham. Yeah. Uh, they have Liverpool, Wolves, Brentford, Arsenal, Brighton, and Tottenham to start off the season. They are also in the bottom three uh, for my fixture rater. Um, do either of you have Mitro? I guess would be the way in here. How much his <laughs> price at? Like that's the only Fulham player anybody's looking at. I would assume so. This shows why I'm a bad player, because 19th in the fixture thing, I have two Fulham players. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I do have Mitro, because that's who I moved uh, Solanke to. Mm-hmm. He's got to be cheap, though, right? Like, he's an enabler Yeah, he's 6.5. Yeah, there you uh, go. A, you know, budget striker, but I will probably play him most weeks, you know. Yeah, but like I, that frees you up to have two premium mids or something instead. Exactly. To go to go ahead, I'm playing a 4-3-3 at the start of the season. So I am I am playing all my strikers, which some people aren't this season. But um yeah, so it's, it's just that he's 6.5. I don't know whether he'll do anything, but it's a it's a cheap striker. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to score every week, does he? Um the, and the other player I've got is Andreas in midfield at 4.5. Uh, because, well, again, we'll go through team structure and stuff later when we sort of go through our teams, I guess. But ultimately, that is a bargain basement midfielder who will start. So he's on my bench. Chuck, any Fulham on your team? Uh, only to uh, give a shout out to um, the Fulham preseason podcast we did um, with Matthew and Safira Gold. Oh, I haven't got it faded up. I'm a sound man. There it is. Sorry, he's a sound man. Um, <laughs> they, I brought this up with them. Obviously, Mitro scored 43 goals in the championship last year. Um, Peterborough scored 43 goals in the championship last <laughs> yeah, year. I, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mitro is on his fifth attempt in the Premier League, um, but he seems to go through odd and even years. So he scored nine, then one, then 11, then three. So if he goes up by two alternating, in theory, he's going to score 13 <laughs> goals this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 13 would be all right. I mean, I'll that's, take 13. that's what? That's Ivan Tony, isn't it? Last year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah I'll yeah, take that. It, that's exactly the thing. Like, we, I will definitely joke about these players being shit. And uh, Marco Silva has even come out in a press conference today saying, we only have two centre-backs. We need at least six more players. I have 16 senior players. Again, he... uh, Is that what he said, 16 senior players? Yeah, he followed the, uh, what's his tits, Bournemouth manager mould by saying, yeah, we're fucked. Um, But they've got a swimming pool in their stadium, guys. Um, So, yeah, so... But they they are going to score some goals, at least. And some of their players will probably score most of their goals. So you can have good players that are bad FPL assets and bad players on bad teams that are good FPL assets. I agree with that sentiment (laughs) in general. Um, Me true. Let's move on. And he's going to win the golden boot though. Sorry. Me true for the golden boot again. Are we going there? (laughs) Again. why, Why change? All right. Next up on the rundown for Fantasy Football's Fixture Ticker is Crystal Palace, which I have to disagree with, and that's because, and my fixture rater disagrees with it because mine is XG based. 
Uh, and this is somewhere where XG probably provides a little more insight. Uh, that being said, he has an absolute dog shit start to the year for you guys. Sorry, Chuck. You have Arsenal, Liverpool, and City all in the first four fixtures, and then Villa, Brentford, and Newcastle rough. to round it out. Are you go? Are you holding off on your Palace players, Chuck? I know you're going to have Palace players, obviously, but like, are you waiting until after those first couple of fixtures or what? Yeah, I'm. I'm still debating. I think you can get. You could probably get a decent rotation with some of those Palace players. Um, but I. Th- but even I'm kind of staying off them for now. Um, I think that's fine. I think we've we've got the thing is you look at the price structure of our team and pretty much our team's prices are the same as a promoted team, but they are low. we're a lot yeah. better. Oh, wow. Like yeah. all of Zaha is seven million and no one else is above five point five. And yeah, I think that's that indicative of kind of the amount of rotation we get versus no one really knowing what our team's gonna be. So players like Elise, Eze um, the forwards in Edouard Mateta, they're all 5.5. Um, all of our defenders are 4.5 or 4. So I think in a little bit, there'll probably be value there, but I can see why you wouldn't uh, pick them early because although I think we get a result against Arsenal, um, you're then going into a Liverpool match. You're not going to be banking on those players in that. The City one, you know, I joke about great results last year. You're probably not. So you could maybe look at picking them Even up. Even Villa, touch- like don't sleep on Villa. They're a really good team this year. I think they're going to be a really good team. Yeah, same. Brentford, we don't really know uh, how they're going to be in their second season. Newcastle, Man United after that. So yeah, I, I like I'm fine with Palace in terms of FPL wise being a wait and see. Yeah, and even if the fixtures weren't that hard to just hearing you talk about it, it sounds like once you want to see those lineups settling down and see who is the 5.5 that's worth having, as opposed to someone who's going to be rotated a lot, would be a scenario anyway. Um, Ian, are you planning on getting some Palace players in, or, or anything to really add on, term, on top of what Chuck said? Not at the top, no. Um, but if they've, if they've got that bad run at the start, you know, that means there will be a good run somewhere. And, you know, it's, it's, Zaha always feels like in FPL circles, he's considered a streaky player. Um, I don't know if there's actually any truth in that because there's a lot of FPL myths that sort of happen among people who play it. But um, if you can identify Palace's, uh, you know, good good fixture runs early, then there's there's value to be had, isn't there? Because I mean, there's there's a lot of if they're all other than Zaha, if they're all five point five or below, they're easy to get to, aren't they? So yeah, yeah, that's the main. And those prices might drop. Given how the first well, two weeks yeah, are going exactly, to go, because you'll, you'll have you're absolutely right. You'll have players who you'll have FPL players who don't really look at fixtures and things like that, mm. and might go, "Oh, I know Zaha, you know, I know whoever," and pick them. And then, oh, they've had a couple of not great games because of the opposition that they're playing. Because I think Palace's start is really hard, it's as brutal. you said. It's brutal. So you know they're going to struggle to start with, but I, I yeah. you know, don't know, don't have any worries in Palace in the end. But I, I, they're going to struggle to start with probably. And um, not against Man City, though, Chuck, obviously. Obviously. Um, Win, clean but, Exactly. Uh, but, um, yeah, if you can if you can sort of get on Palace players at the right time, like uh, jump, if you've got a transfer going begging one week mm-hmm. and you notice a decent run of four or five games, then, yeah, jump on. All right, you heard it here, folks. Inside tip number one, Crystal Palace game week five. Start picking up those players for cheap. You're not going to suffer because uh, Zaha is 7% owned and no other midfielder is over 1% owned for Palace at the minute. Our wow. defence are all defense is all under 3% and only Edward is over 3% as a forward. So, All right, well, let's go on there for this one. The fantasy fixture and our fixture rater agree, and that's Nottingham Forest. 
Uh, I think just as a smaller function of being a promoted side and then also having Man City and Tottenham in there. But they have Newcastle, West Ham, Everton, Tottenham, Man City, Bournemouth. I'm assuming you're not going with any non-info players here, Chuck or Ian? I have three. You have three? <laughs> I have two. Oh, my gosh. So explain that to me. Is it prices? Um, Is that why? It, it's 100% prices. Um, okay. Nottingham Forest, again, we did a preview pod. Nottingham Forest, I think we're now up to 12 new signings they've made. So yeah. Fuck knows. Um, but uh, goalkeeper Dean Henderson has been great in the past. I know um, him. So He's great. As your, yeah. Uh, Man United, Sheffield United. He had the big season, the first season with Sheffield United. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so he's just kind of, I'm happy with him as a 4.5 because he's going to make saves. They'll probably get a few clean sheets. Uh, similar reason. They got Nico Williams from Liverpool. Um, he's four million. He's gonna play, and he's a fullback. We'll kind of touch a bit more on the defender situations uh, later on. I'm sure when we start to get to the bigger teams. Um, and at the minute, he's there as a forward, just as a placeholder. Really, uh, I've got the new signing Taiwo Awani, um, because he's very highly rated. Although Germany tax, Bundesliga tax, as as we know, mm. um, it's just it's just someone to go there. And but he's very much a a rotation for my forwards like when he has a decent game and the others have a bad one I'll pop him in I'm not looking for him to play either week he could somehow he could become Mitro um, for Mm -hmm. similar reasonings that you just when he does have a a decent fixture I'll pop him in but yeah I think they're they're all accessible and I, I, I think they're kind of undervalued and have a decent potential to have a I think out of the three promoted sides, they're the closest to having like a Brentford or a Sheffield United or whatever first season. Yeah, as we said last week about Chelsea having the sort of error, as Oscar said it, the error bars of where you can predict them. Uh, I think Nottingham Forest is similar. It's it, it's tricky, you know, to to predict where they're going to land because of all those mm-hmm. signings. Uh, I also have uh, Williams. I just, I almost think it's a no-brainer for, for he was obviously priced when he was a Liverpool player and not going to get in the yeah. team. And then gone to Nottingham Forest and will will definitely start. And as you say, positionally, it, it looks to me it looks like a bit of a no brainer that four million pound starter. Um, I've also got Colback as well. Uh, he I think he played wing back for them uh, most of last season, um, but he can play um, across midfield. Um, so he should he should get lots of starts and he's four point five again. So ultimately, we've we've obviously starting from the uh, mm-hmm. promoted team, teams with not very good fixtures. So we're naturally hitting the budget ones first. Yeah. Um, but you know you can't they can't all be Salas. Right. You literally can't afford Salah if you don't have the four point five guy somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So I have I've really gone with a sort of I, I'm going as budget as possible on my bench while still having playing players. Because you never know what might be. COVID might be a thing again. Ian, I have bad news for you on that. That that's how I used to play. Still a thing. Also COVID. Yeah, the, yeah. your strategy sucks because it used to be my strategy, and COVID still exists. So, well, I say you say that. I used to spend a lot more on my bench, but because these opportunities have arisen this year, mm. my bench is paper thin. Uh, but they are still all playing, which so I don't I don't really see how I could save any money or put any more money into my starting eleven. Oscar Ian's Ian's performance has very much been reminiscent of you when you used to play as well, so it kind of tracks with following. Fair the same. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I'm sorry, Ian. I'm sorry for your loss. No, I've been here tra- bragging about it for three years, so I know all. Of it. Um, let's keep going up the list. We got Southampton. I have them at fifteen. 
Fantasy Football Scout has them at 15. Tottenham leads Leicester, Man United, Chelsea, Wolves. Not very good. They're not very good. I'm assuming they're not priced particularly friendly because they're not a promoted team. Anything going Southampton-wise? Same as Palace, really. They're all promotion-level prices. James Ward-Prowse is the most expensive at 6.5. Uh, Shea Adams is 6.5 as a forward. Everyone else is 5.5 and below. So um, I brought this up on the Southampton pod. I think as an entity this season, you can treat Southampton probably as you did Palace last year. Um, very exciting. Signed a lot of exciting young talent. Yeah. If... Hassan Hootel system works and we know there are violent swings in that system. <laughs> um, they can beat Liverpool and then lose 9-0 to a terrible Man United team. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're ones to watch and it's fine to, to not have them, but they're, they're really accessible. Wow, okay. I'm, I'm slightly surprised to hear you say that, but fair enough. Um, I Just because I have owned Ward-Prowse in the past and had some success with him when other people have sort of slag him off a little bit. I've, I've always hit him at the right time. I've got lucky with him, to be Yeah, fair. I'd like to hit but, him. <laughs> I know you don't like him. But I have not even, I've not even side-glanced at a Southampton player yeah. uh, so far. I, I'm not considering any of them at all. Their, their opening fixtures are shit. All right, let's move on then uh, to Everton. Also, opening fixtures. Shit, not- no, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Do either of you have Everton players? No. No. Again, okay. absolutely not considering any of them. Let's give them, I guess, the respect of reading through the fixtures. Sure. Chelsea, Villa, Info, Bree, Lee, and Liv. <laughs> Inf- info. There we go. Uh, okay. Frank Lampard, another manager who has said in preseason they're getting relegated. So they pro- they might they might um, actually. I mean the, that's bad because Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, Villa's next. That surprises me a little bit. I have Villa as the eighth best schedule um, by XG, but Fantasy Football Scout has them down around like fourteenth. It looks like. Would this be a good time, therefore, to give a quick explainer then of your? how your rating system works yeah i mean the we should take the first season numbers with a huge grain of salt because it's like mixed going all the way back to last season and like the promoted clubs the numbers are just basically like what was the worst team last year and then i'll just assume they're going to be that bad for now as a starting point um but what it does is it looks at the xg that a team creates for themselves on attack and how much they concede uh in defense on average so like a per 90 basis um, and then looks and does a couple of formulas with that comparing to the teams that they're playing in fixture by fixture. So if you're a team that's good at attacking and bad at defending and you're playing against a team that's good at attacking and bad at defending, you're going to expect to score points but also concede points um, in terms of goals. And so it just kind of like does that and gives you a score. Um, it highlights, yeah, like you said, it not only does it highlight the fixtures in terms of actual predictions for the game, but also kind of highlights which teams will probably have a stronger defensive performance in that fixture. And we have uh, we have been known to use it to gamble, to be yeah. perfectly honest with <laughs> full, the account. Full disclosure, we did that for a while and then we had to stop because the data became so unreliable and inconsistent with the billions of uh, congestion, fixture congestion and changes last year, right? Yeah, so, that got messy. But, um, yeah. but I have Villa, because of their XG numbers being particularly good uh, compared to, I think, what most people's general perception of Villa would be. I have them at eighth, but... Um, Fantasy Football Scout has them down here. Let's read off those fixture lists. They have Bournemouth, Everton, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Arsenal, and City. Obviously, City is really bad there, and I wonder if Fantasy Football Scout, just like anyone that has City, gets knocked down a few places in the list. Probably. Because the rest of that isn't 
that bad. I mean, you got Bournemouth, Everton, and West Ham in there, and then you do have two good London teams in Crystal Palace and other team um, that plays in red. But I don't know. What are you? Where are you guys at on Villa we players? Do, we do see a bit of a step up here in terms of price from what we were saying before about Southampton and Palace. Um, you've got Coutinho, who's on the seven million. Uh, both their main strikers, Watkins and Ings, are seven and seven point five, or well, the other way around, respectively. Um, they have three defenders that cost five million. Um, their goalkeeper costs 5 million versus 4.5 for the other teams and then uh, Buendia at 6 and so the, you're kind of looking now at a step up um, at this level because I guess the expectations are from Villa that they will perform better um, but it's just whether again I mean I have two Villa players to start off with do you? Um, I do at the minute yeah I really like um, Philippe Coutinho um, wow, he okay. did great for them last year and is now on a permanent. Those opening three fixtures, I think, are great for them. Bournemouth, we just said about how they're going to be the shittest team in the league. Everton, we just said how they're going to be one of the shittest teams in the league. And Palace, we're not really sure, um, obviously, versus the numbers. I, I goofed around and made a quick team for the pod account like an hour before we recorded just so I could see what prices were and stuff. And I have Coutinho on that one also. Yeah, At seven, that seems really an easy pick. He's going to get points like crazy. Yeah. yeah, and then I have um, Leon Bailey at five million uh, because uh, he shares my name. <laughs> there you go. Cool, fair enough. I hadn't considered any Villa players yet. Um, I, I just, I'm just on a wait and see brief with them. Really. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the problem when you look at the six fixtures. Like, it's very backloaded. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's Arsenal and City at the end of it, so that's why it has it as yeah, like, exactly. them further down. Yeah. And my, my rank admittedly only looks at the next five, so it wouldn't have the City fixture. So it knocks in off there. City, right? Okay. Fair yeah, enough. knocks off City. Um, so that also would bias it uh, significantly upwards. But from there, we'll go to Leeds. Um, Leeds, I have them at 16th, so I have them even lower than this. Uh, they have them here. And Wolves, Southampton, Chelsea, Brighton, Everton, and Brentford. Um, Chelsea being the standout there, I would assume, because the rest of those teams don't look that scary to me. Uh, Leeds suck. Leeds are going to suck. I hope neither of you have Leeds <laughs> players. I don't care how much they're priced. You can find enablers somewhere else. <laughs> I, have, I have a 4.5 dead weight that probably isn't going to play that 25% of the game also has. Who's that? Greenwood. Oh, Greenwood, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's your sort of yeah, yeah, bench player who's probably not even going to play. Yeah, Sam Greenwood is my third bench. He will sit at third bench and he will not affect my team because I will never consider having three Leeds players unless they <laughs> somehow miraculously pull off some sort of miracle. So, yeah. yes, um, Leeds, there's a bit of a, I'd say a bit of a villa in terms of prices. Bamford, even though he had a whole season out injured, is still at 7.5. That's a stupid price. That's crazy high for him. Yeah. He's not worth that. I mean, based on his form two seasons ago, <laughs> yes. That's what they're basing it on, yeah. But not based on, you know, he increased by 2.5 million to last season and then has only dropped 0.5 uh, of a million after being injured four times. So... They've also, you know, their new signings are fairly highly rated. They've got Jack Harrison in there for six million, Sinistera six point five, mm. uh, Rodrigo. There's a lot of unknowns at Leeds, and I guess that's why you can kind of wait and see on them. Wait and see, and then don't do anything. Don't pick them up. <laughs> well, we just don't know how Marsh is going to play. Yeah, it is. It is tough because Marsh was doing a rescue mission last year. And like Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds was fucking chaotic, but they yeah. got goals and that's all you need if you're getting a Leeds attacker. Like you just yeah. don't buy Leeds defenders. Yeah, I, I have flirted with uh, Meslier this year, but um, uh, because mm -hmm. he gets a lot of save points, mm -hmm. but I mm -hmm. ultimately haven't gone with him and no, I haven't got any Leeds players, no. 
He he's my keeper in Fantrax. He's a good Fantrax keeper because he gets crazy saves and like yeah, most of the does, plus there for saves. He does yeah. save a lot. Yeah. Well, he does save a lot, and he also he also manages to let in a lot because I think he, he was one of the more, yeah I think he was one of the worst goalkeepers for uh, like XG conceded or whatever. You know what I mean? Like in compa- comparison Post to what XG. he should have done. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and yet he still manages to get sa- just absolute save points because just by sheer volume. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, just by sheer volume yeah. of shots he's facing. That's just how much <laughs> how many shots he's facing. Yeah. That, like he, even if he saves one tenth at the rate of everyone else, he's still just like getting a million. Yeah. But ultimately, at the minute, no, he's not in my team. Fair enough. All right. Well, next up we have West Ham. West Ham start off against Man City. So right there, bad. Yeah. Uh, then they play Enfo, Brighton, Aston Villa, Tottenham, <laughs> and Chelsea. Enfo is going to get me every time. That's going to be a thing. Um, West Ham, I have them at twelfth, so also not great. Um, is my is Mikel Antonio still an FPL thing? That's the last. <laughs> like that's how long ago it's since I was paying attention. Um, he used to be seven, I think. Seven point five. So, now. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, is he still kicking around? Any any interest in West Ham on the fantasy front? And I'll go to Ian. No, I haven't. I haven't had them in any of my drafts at all. Um, so, and that obviously they've signed. Uh, what, what's his name that you uh, you guys said I should get on fan tracks? I can't remember oh, who it was. Skamaka. That's right. Yeah. So does that 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 will hurt Antonio's points? I imagine, won't it? Probably. I mean, yeah. uh, unless Antonio then moves out to the wing or moves out wide or something like that with Skamaka being in the middle. Um, right. I did say on John OG's podcast, unless they're going to play, go with the classic big man, big man up front. Because yeah. um, <laughs> Skamaka is six foot five, I believe. Right. Um, oh. and, and Antonio is an absolute brick shithouse. Um, yeah, I think that City fixture is obviously putting off a lot of people and there i mean jared bowen had an amazing season last year but he's up at 8.5 now off the back. so it's a big jump from from 6.5 for a midfielder you know he's, he's mm. got to be doing a lot um to keep that but defenders probably like they're five 4.5 so they're probably as a squad i mean a lot thinner but also a lot more affordable than like a villa which is interesting but if yeah. you root if you root yeah, to but points. they'll be a lot worse than villa also you think like villa are a better team i think i don't know i think people are sleeping on villa in general but yeah i think europe is is a is an extra prospect for them um but they are still being linked with a lot of players and trying to bring a lot in um so time will kind of tell but yeah i think west Ham can just be a wait and see like in a vacuum maybe Bowen can be 0.5 of a million better, but I would rather have Luis Diaz yeah. for Liverpool at eight than Jared Bowen at 8.5. Yeah, there's numerous people at eight you could take uh, and you can get on Bowen if he goes on a run, you know. Uh, Brighton, uh, anything? Next! Brighton? No, next. Okay, <laughs> hang good. On, hang on, Figured. <laughs> Brighton. Is Pascal Gross still a thing? Is that what you're about to say? <laughs> no, God, no. Uh, I don't okay. think you go for any attackers on Brighton. I think you can possibly you can possibly consider Dunk because I think at 4.5, he's... If you if he's if, got own goals, you lose points. Just uh, for, yeah, I forgot to mention that, that earlier. Yeah, he's got that in him and he's got a card in him, but generally... He is a good FBL point scorer, and 4.5 is quite decent for him. So that's a consideration. The other consideration is Sanchez at 4.5. Uh, he had a good season a couple of seasons ago, not so good last season. Um, 
but he does he does rotate well with well we'll get to Leicester as well but he does rotate well with Leicester's four million goalkeeper because now they've sold Schmeichel looks like they've got a four million starting keeper in Ward there was uh, Brennan Rogers was very complimentary about Ward in a presser and it looks like he's going to start you can rotate Sanchez and Ward and you'll play Ward against Brentford game week one uh, Sanchez against Newcastle game week two Ward against Southampton in three then it's uh, Sanchez against Leeds in four, Sanchez against Fulham in five, Ward against Brighton, bad. Ward against Bournemouth, Ward against Crystal Palace. That's your first eight and you haven't played any top six teams or anything. It's, it, that's a decent little rotation for absolute... Excuse you, sir. Excuse you, yes. sir. What? One of those teams was decidedly a top five or a top eight or whatever you top said, 16. top six team. There you go. In the league last year, by the underlying numbers, put some respect on the name. Thank you very much. Chuck, I got your back. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Palace finished top six in XG in that series. Yeah, they beat Man United. They were the sixth best team in England by underlying numbers. I think it was that high. Okay, well done. Crazy. (laughs) Craziness. Through gritted teeth. I don't understand why you need to say that through gritted teeth. I know. Yeah, that felt a little little pointed, Chuck. A little pointed. Destroyed my little point about rotation. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was a nice run. That was a very nice run of fixtures. So maybe do that rotation that he said. No, don't. Um, Yeah, do it because I'll just I'll just beat you. If you own Brighton players, I will beat you. you. Everyone's happy because that's what I'm doing. So you'll yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Own Brighton players, that's fine. You can do that as a thing. I will finish above you in FPL. Both of those things are likely to happen. <laughs> um, Newcastle next on the list. I have Newcastle. Slash our fixture raider has Newcastle at 17th because they are a fucking terrible team sometimes. Um, <laughs> sometimes not, but they have Man City and Liverpool in that. And Palace, which is underrated by other models that don't look at XG as heavily, but they start off with Enfo, Brighton, City, Wolves, Liverpool, and Crystal Palace. <sighs> <laughs> Newcastle players. Anything with Newcastle here. Well, this is one where, obviously, the numbers from last year will be massively skewed by how shit they were under Steve Bruce. Correct. uh, Which covered 15 games, I feel, in total. 15 games with him and the cover from Graham, whatever his name was. And uh, but anyway, in terms of their pricing, I mean, d- if they pay fifty million for James Madison, like is being said today, or whoever else they're buying, we still don't know. Um, on that front, they've not really made any moves uh, still since since we mentioned last time. Trippier? Are people looking at Trippier? I don't know what he's priced at, but he was good back in the day. Trippier's at five. That's not bad. Don't hate it. I mean, if people are, that's the thing. If people are doing the big at the back thing, I don't know whether Trippier is a five counts, but. You know he he slots in there as a as a player who's uh, better than your four point fives, but also not Alexander Arnold or anything. And and so I can see why people who are going big at the back might have might have Trippier. Um, I haven't really considered. Uh, there's there's Botman as well because he's four point five, but will start uh, depending on future purchases. And I've seen him in a few a few drafts. Um, but I haven't, I haven't really considered any any Newcastle players. I just think the situation's a little volatile for me, and the likes of Callum Wilson at seven point five are just probably just overpriced. Um, Bruno Gamerish is a is a is a possibility because I think he, they they are considering building the team uh, certainly for the next couple of years around him. So he's a he's a good price at six. Yeah, I mean he's still the most talented player in that squad. So at yeah. the minute. It- it the the problem we've like, got is that there's other players at, at six million, like Martinelli, and that, that you might go for instead. But mm. yeah, I, I haven't really considered any. But I've I've seen Trippier and Botman in a in a in a couple of teams. 
Yeah, I had I had Gimarage at one point, but I think I kind of dropped him down to get Coutinho or vice versa or use him in a move just because I felt it a bit more. And I, I think you're right. Wilson feels just because of his injury history being absolutely awful, like mm. for him for him not to drop last season uh, from, from last season is a bit weird, but I guess they're kind of banking on Newcastle improving and therefore being a better and, and pushing on those European spots, like we said. But um, not the worst opening fixtures, but yeah, City and Liverpool being in there. Yeesh. So let's move on then to Brentford. Uh, one simple question, I suppose, I'm assuming. Uh, Ivan Tony at 7.0. Can you recommend him? <laughs> well, I love the man. Um, I I think he probably should have stayed at 6.5 just to make him a bit more... I don't know, just stick him in the Mitro category still and then there's a, there's a decision I don't... Oh, he's got a better track record than Mitro. Come on now. Well, he's got one season in the Prem, so I mean... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, I okay. mean, he 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 outscored Mitro's best season so far. Yeah, true, true. Year. But uh, Brentford, have lost, Brentford have lost Ericsson, who yeah. was the catalyst for Tony scoring some more goals. I mm. Tony yeah, got a lot of his goals late, didn't he? He got a hat trick and a couple back to back, didn't he? It was like five in two games. So yeah. if if we're going to be really mean in terms of stats, yes, he scored twelve across the season. But if nearly fifty percent of them came in two games. Yeah, they were in little runs, weren't they? Very much so. Yeah, but they do have they have really nice fixtures, I think. Um, it's just that the level of that club, they're not necessarily... But I mean, Leicester, Man United, then Fulham, Everton, Palace, Leeds, Southampton, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Brighton, then Chelsea in 12, and then you go up to Villa, Wolves and Info, um, <laughs> then City, City before the World Cup. Uh, so, like... Quite quite nice little runs, and you've got you've got time to jump on them. Yeah, they've got a chance to sort of build build up a a, a bank of points there, and I think I think Jansen is a possibility as well in defence. But yeah, I don't. I suppose M M M Buemo is uh, six million, um, and if he can convert the amount of times he hit the post mm. into any bloody goals, then six million will look like an absolute steal. This is true. And they're they're banking a lot on uh, I don't really know about him, but Keen Lewis Potter, who they got from Hull, um, yeah. who had twelve goals, three assists in the championship last year. They do good analytics, so we would have reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, agreed. There's a few other players they're being linked with that would be quite good. Um, Damsgaard, another Danish, you know, the Danish connection runs runs deep there. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, we'll see. We've still got time on them. Again, they haven't really bought much and not. Getting Ericsson was kind of a real shame, I think, for for everyone. Um, All of us who appreciate joy, I guess, in life. All right. um, Let's move on then to the opposite of appreciating joy, and that is Wolves. Please tell me neither of you have any Wolves players. No. Ian, any Wolves players? (laughs) I might have, Johnny. I don't know, because I need... Basically, I need a couple of 4.5 defenders, and Johnny's always been a good scorer. But I don't know. I might, whether I'll end up with him, I don't know. He's the only one I've considered. I haven't considered anyone else. I know Neto is the big uh, flavour of the month in all the pre-season drafts. But I'm just not. I'm just not asked about Neto at all. He hasn't been in one of my drafts. Um, he's five point five million. That's the only reason why people are picking him, and he's a mid. But like- he is cheap. But I just think without Jimenez, especially, I, I think it hurts him personally. I, I, I know people have an out argument that. He'll Hoover up more points, but I just think there's, I just think there's less chance of Wolves scoring. I think that's as, it's as simple as that. 
underlying numbers, Wolves were the third worst team last year. Yeah. They overperformed their expected goals allowed by 17 goals. Yeah, I have them ranked 11th, and that's despite the easiest starting fixtures. They're just like still bad enough that that still only puts them as having the 11th best schedule. Right. Um, and I would say that T- Trippier plus Nico Williams for nine is better than two 4.5s, probably, if one of them is going to be Possibly. someone from Wolves. But, but, what, but what is the weird thing? Like, I guess if that's potentially – because we see stat breakers consistently all the time. You never know. This might just be somehow they've figured out a way for their defense to just wildly overperform. And last year wasn't just a one-off. But then, mm. but then for me, it doesn't make sense then – that when I do see Wolves players in FPL teams, it's always at the top of the pitch and not in their defence, if you mm. see what I mean. Yeah, Obviously, I Jimenez, Jimenez has had a big injury now, but it just seems weird that like that's what people are focusing on when clearly what is good about them um, in terms of underlying numbers is like their goalkeeper, for yeah. example. Agreed. Very yeah. good. Their defence managed, like I said, they did wildly overperform. So they, they're almost certainly going to regress to the mean there, but if they don't as much as you expect, like it's still decent mm. enough. So but Jose, Jose Saar, sorry, I've just had time to click enough links, but Jose Saab for post-shot XG per 90 was the best goalkeeper last year. Yeah, I think I think it's it really is annoying, but good pricing that they've put him up to five, I think, because that's, that's mm. make, you've got a decision to make there, which you, you know wouldn't have had if it had been 4.5 because it would have been straight in for me. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree with what you said there. I mean, They've lost Silver as well. They sent him out on loan. Yeah, but he's always been shit. Like Wolves aren't uh, a gog with attacking talent, as you say. They just, you know, I just, I don't, I don't get the thinking there at the minute. And Neto is not near my team. We spent far too long on Wolves. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I stopped paying attention like minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leicester Chitty as the next team. Uh, any Leicester players? Only that. Goalkeeper I mentioned, Ward, is 4.0. I, I haven't considered They have Arsenal, else. Chelsea, and Man United in the first six. So I don't know why this has them that high. I have them at 14th. It's got to be the Jamie Vardy spite index. <laughs> <laughs> Him following the Rebecca Vardy uh, decision. Please, please, please. And there'll be a third one going. Please go back and listen to our two two-part Wagatha Christie um, it's Ian's opus it really is it's Ian's magnum opus um, and part three will be on the way and we really really enjoyed recording that um, but Leicester I think for the pricing you see for them Vardy at 9.5 Madison at 8 Barnes Fuck at 7 out of here uh, they are Wildly overpriced for their I expected performance. I think they priced them like last season didn't happen. Mm. And that just seems they like- have them ranked here like the last season didn't happen according to this fixture difficulty. Like, I don't know what the fuck numbers they're looking Fantasy at, but it's not. Scout like- is a little bit slow to react, I find, to, <laughs> to things that have Fucking happened. hell, yeah. man. Leicester are not this good for this to be considered a good schedule. Like, Yeah, and they, 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 they're turning down like 75 million for Wesley Fofana and all sorts of shit, if you believe Twitter. And it's just wow. really weird. And I don't understand. And we've said how well run they were for years. And now they're just not signing anyone. Yeah. Hey, they got their they got their title. They got their FA Cup. They can fuck off. We've this is the official <laughs> podcast stance on Leicester. So who cares? This is okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have spoken. 
Manchester United <laughs> is next on the list. They have Brighton, Brentford, Liverpool, Southampton, Leicester, Arsenal. So kind of a mixed bag there for a team that is a mixed bag personified. Uh, I have them at 10th in the overall rank. So again, right in the middle. Mm. Um, are either of you looking at any United players going into the season? There's some interesting pricings that I'm happy to wait on. Let's just say that. Um, okay. They uh, Marcus Rashford, Rash- maybe? Question Rash- mark? Rashford, 6.5. Ooh, that's not bad. And I just love him as a that's person. That's not bad. Christian Eriksen, 6.5, um, is mm, interesting. Wait and see there. If Sancho even manages to realise half his actual potential, um, he's at 7.5 as a midfielder. So oh, wow. Okay, so those are definitely two. Rashford and Sancho are two to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. I think they're, they're priced to buy for those are friendly when prices, the form, for sure. form comes. Kind of like Chelsea were last year, actually. I think Chelsea were really underpriced in a lot of areas and probably still now, actually. This time last year, Luke Shaw was the highest owned player in the game. This year, 1%. Uh, RIP <laughs> in peace. Um, yeah, we, don't, we no one knows what Man United are going to be. Do they just put in more effort? Are they getting shouted at? Is he who must not be named? Uh, it turns up for 45 minutes of a preseason friendly, then literally leaves the stadium. Oh, the king is back. And uh, king United. Back. Well, and then he left again. Fucking um, idiot. After 45 minutes, more of a lesser appearance. Imagine than Elvis, if you really. didn't turn up to work uh, for four weeks and then and tried to get another job, but it turned out that no, no one else really wanted you or wanted to pay your wages. And then uh, just before you went back, you sent an email to everyone saying the king is back. That was a tweet I saw, which I thought, yeah, that that is bullshit. To be fair, Ian, no one does want to pay me the amount I want. So (laughs) (laughs) there are some analogues there. And we keep trying to get you to take four weeks off and you just won't. No, we'll not do it. I I went the other way and did more podcasts. More podcasts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, wait and see. All right. um, The conversation is running quite long now. And from here on out, it's not even really about fixtures for these teams. Uh, I agree, and the fixturator agrees. It's it's all the premium players. So instead of going team by team, why don't you just make a case for like a couple of your premium picks and why those are the best premium picks you think? Um, and we can wrap up the FPL conversation that way. And I will give Chuck the floor first as sure. main champion. I for me thank feels good feels good. Let's just let that. I think I think it's ruminated. Yep. Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm still champion for the whole fucking year, mate. Get used to it. Um, I am. For for me personally, and I'm always big on this, like, it's better to spend your money, I think, in midfield than up front on a consistently spread out basis. The reason for this is um, midfielders get one point for clean sheets where forwards don't. They get an extra point for goals where forwards don't, but they get the same amount for assists. And you consistently in FPL see wingers put in at the midfielder slot which I think has its faults but I think also makes it good because for FPL scoring purposes if we followed say fan tracks draft every winger being a forward then all your midfielders are basically DMs holding midfielders that kind of stuff yeah that's true you, you, and tens and yeah but there's the, the how many tens are there in the league um, not that many yeah so I think they've done that to make it more fun and for me there is no way I couldn't pick the highest scoring player last year who has won three golden boots out of four. Yes, he's 13 million, but Mohamed Salah is under 60% owned. So 40% of people think he's fine with going without him. That's interesting. Um, and then I've I've only got one premium up front, which I've gone for Harry Kane over Holland at this point. But All right. 
a lot of my money is spent in defense spent in defense and again we've kind of touched on big at the back quote unquote but I'm not going with like five defenders but I've gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold at 7.5, Cancelo at 7. I've still got Reese James in there at 6. Alexander that is Zinch- heavy at the back. Very Alexander nice. Alexander Zinchenko is my fourth defender at 5 million. Oh, I'd, I'd say you've gone relatively big at the back, yeah. I've still got, you know, a few seven. I've got a Coutinho. I've got Grealish. Uh, I've got Luis Diaz. Um, I have Mo Salah. I have Leon Bailey, as I mentioned before, and Kane up front um, with a 4.5. And just that way I think I've got a bit of a nicer structure to my team that you know I didn't want to have to make two moves for example if I wanted to get Haaland in or if I wanted a different premium midfielder I can get rid of Salah and move elsewhere so a little bit of flexibility if not the most flexible because of how much I have in defence but um, I, you should try and own as many players from the best teams as possible right you know it's just well- kind of easy (laughs) yeah exactly i think that underpins the strategy that i've sort of fallen into if i'm honest because as i say i think for me i've gone for i've gone from the bottom up so i've gone the the bench has picked itself as far as i'm concerned because i've got bargain basement defender in williams two midfielders colback and andreas uh i've got a four million goalkeeper as well uh, who will rotate? But you know, but what I'm saying is, I've spent I've spent the absolute minimum on goalkeepers and those those slots where I think they'll be playing, and that has naturally sat me into a four three three. And then when I had a look at the players I definitely wanted, exactly what you said, Salah definitely want, bang him in, Trent. Yep, yeah, why wouldn't you? Seven point five could have been nine million and it'd been a consideration. So mm-hmm. you know, stick him in. Um, I think you will want you want some Man City defensive cover. Be it the goalkeeper, which you can go for now because they're all down to five point five. Those those premium goalkeepers. So suddenly it's a bit more of a consideration. But ultimately, I haven't, and I've gone Cancelo, same as you. Um, I really think the rest of it's almost picked itself in a way. When I talk about structure, because I've, I've, if I'm playing a four three three, then I've got two other midfielders, and I can have two eight million midfielders because there's so many good ones. Mm. Um, so I've got at the minute uh, Luis Diaz uh, because I think he's got uh, you know six months under his belt now where I think he looked great. Uh, no Mane now uh, and no yep. Jota at the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, so I just think good to go. You know uh, the other one I've got at the minute and this this might change because I think there there's a, a few in the running. There's Saka, there's Mount, but I've got Kulusevski at the minute. Um, He'll definitely start game week one against Southampton because Richarlison is uh, suspended. Suspended. Uh, I also don't know how much of a, a threat Richarlison actually is to Kulusevski. Uh, the, the, I think people have overblown that a little bit. Um, I think he'll play plenty, to be honest. Mm. And I think his, his, his uh, stats per 90 were really good. So I've got a midfield of Kulusevski, Kulusevski, Salah and Luis Diaz. Now, up front, it's interesting, You, uh, who did you say you'd gone for, Kane? Yeah, so I've only got Kane and then uh, I yeah. only kind of rotate through a midfield. I've got five. I wanted to make sure I had five decent playing midfielders um, because, again, I'm sure everyone does remember this, but five subs coming in this year. Mm. Um, there's a potential for a lot more pain, but also... Uh, you know, potentially you'll pick up points where you necessarily wouldn't. Um, I wanted to make sure I had two playing players on the bench. Um, so Awani and um, I guess Nico Williams 
would be my second. And then Greenwood was just my, he's going to sit at third. He's never going to come off a bench. If he does get points, so be it. So 4-5-1 I've got, basically. Gotcha. So I've gone quite different. I've gone 4-3-3, obviously. So I'm playing my three strikers most weeks. Uh, I've got the ability to rotate if I want, but I'm, I'm playing Mitro, um, Jesus for Arsenal. I think, again, price to buy. Uh, and I think the most owned player in the game at the minute, 70.6% um, ownership. That's Fuck me, really? high. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I cannot wait for us to win 2-0 on the opening day. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, it can happen. <laughs> the, the fire sale begins. Um, but um, And then I've gone uh, Haaland, but I only changed him from Kane today. And the only reason I did that mm-hmm. is because yes. I looked at game week two and I thought, you know what? I would probably Bournemouth. go Kane to Haaland in game week two. Why don't I just go with it? Why, I don't want to book in a transfer. Why don't I just start with him? And the, the downside of it is Guardiola's comments are that he's going to ease him in, um, that he's going to look after his fitness which has been a concern with him in the past, you know, so, but, you know, fitness has also been a concern with Kane. It's just the yeah. difference is that he looks firing, good to go, had a summer off, you know, looks good in pre-season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I, I'm really 50-50 in on it. I, like I say, I only flipped flop, I only flip flopped on it today. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a real tricky one. They're the same price. So unless any prices move quickly, you can, you can move between you. You could definitely start with Kane and go to Haaland game week two. But I just thought if that's my plan anyway, might as well start with him. Um, so yeah, my, my sort of premium spine is Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, Salah and Haaland. But then I've got two sort of semi-premium midfielders and a semi-premium striker. I'm sort of, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to really spend spend my money. Ian, your team looks like mine. Sorry to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I did make a team like an hour before we recorded just so I could have something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have Salah in there as the, the premium captain armband staying there. I'm not touching this team for the record until like, I don't know, maybe January, if at all. Um, but I went with Trent and Reese at the back, Salah mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, actually I have five, like at least medium priced midfielders, um, just because I've always liked, like Chuck said, I like having midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a lot of good ones at seven. It looked like, so I have Grealish, I have Zaha and Coutinho all at seven. And then I have Sterling cause you gotta be a homer and you know, Sterling's uh, he's going to be, he's going to be Chelsea's primary threat. I think yeah. he's going to score a million yeah. goals this season. 10 is a lot for a new team and Chelsea, but like it's an awkward price because if you're looking at the structure of your team, like you want at least one person at the top end in each position in your defense yeah. and your mid and and then yep. in theory you'd want a kind of stair effect then going down to your your 4.5s or your 5s or whatever so that you've got right. enough flexibility to get there. And Sterling sitting at that price point means you've effectively committed to only having one forward because he's probably he's probably not going to replace Salah or Son in your team so you've got no, him as yeah. well so I the way I balanced that I was having Jesus uh, Jesus and Tony up front yeah okay. so two medium forwards mm-hmm. but Jesus like you said at eight is a yeah. no-brainer and and equally I think it's difficult with Jesus being your top value if 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 he is going to potentially be massively underpriced who knows and then you've got like Darwin Nunez who is very exciting but he's at 9 and like Vardy at 9.5 and they kind of sit in this weird area where they they're not expensive enough to be your top premium and you kind of want one more 
and they can't necessarily be the main person. So, and the reason a strategy like mine is a problem also is because if you do want to then go and get a Kane or a Holland, like I've tied up five mid-price or higher midfielders, it's hard to like – it's a two or three-week process to upgrade significantly up front. I'm not planning on touching this team, so that's why I did that. But like that is something to be mindful of um, and that I think maybe people forget. I used to forget when I actually played and like cared and stuff um, is – when you choose to go without a Kane or a Holland or a, a super premium in one of your lines, it is hard to make that switch. Like you, it, the limit yeah. on the number of transfers really does play in there. Um, so those mid, those awkward 10.0 ones are like, you have to be splurging because you had a 1.5 extra yeah. and you were like, I'll upgrade this 8.5 guy. But yeah, it kind of reflects like Sterling is 7% owned at the minute. But I guess a lot of that is because we just don't really know necessarily uh, Chelsea, how Chelsea are going to be. Um, Havertz moving up as a forward is a bit of a shame because then that's less less points for him for the actions he does. Yeah. Um, How much does he cost? Eight million as a forward. Oof, that's too high also. You're not going to own him and Jesus. And if you're probably going to pick one or the other, it's going to be Jesus at the minute. Yeah, so, for sure. But one thing I think is key to remember this year is the the presence of the World Cup and the wild cards because it, it presents an interesting way, I think, to play um, that... You know, if you do have a super strong team and can go that late, great. I mean, the, you could get the last two game weeks before the World Cup and effectively play it as like a free hit because you can build to any team you want and get completely out of it for, for game week 15 and 16. Or, you know, if you've got an early one, you haven't got that long again to go until you can completely change your team. But then it's just the the kind of stretch of, of going down there. And so... I don't think it's worth talking about other chip strategies because it's, let's face it, for most of us, it's going to be when it's a double game week, um, play it. Or if you find yourself as having a decent bench, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, it doesn't look, I mean, I've done like a full calendar planner for the year. I don't, barring COVID postponements, we're probably going to only going to get like two or three double game weeks this year, as opposed to whatever it was, like six, seven last season. Mm. So. I think there's going to be a bit of a difference there. Um, but maybe I'll throw it to, to Ian for this. I mean, do you have any sort of overriding tips for, for new players or maybe existing players and things that you want to live by? Or Well, I think I think what you mentioned there about with the the World Cup wildcard, you know, being an addition this year, is that I think really you've got to try and... One of the best things you can do is just take things in like five or six game chunks don't I don't you don't need to look beyond that because I think you're going to probably be wild carding fairly soon in the you know a lot of people are looking at wild carding after sort of five six weeks you know if you wanted to take it the halfway point you could take it to game week eight where there's a, a an international break so you can have a bit of time to think about it um but yeah I think it's it's very much a, a case of don't don't go too short termist. I would not chop and chat. I don't like the thing that's uh, come up in FPL recently called upside chasing, where you constantly like uh, rotate or, or constantly use your transfers to get in a big hitter who's got a good fixture that week. Like for me, I've never. I don't know about you. I've never been able to have the luxury of those transfers because I've always got a fucking injury or someone I want to get rid of for 
not scoring points reasons. In a perfect world, you can plan for eight weeks of transfers and you could have like a baseline and it's good to refer back to that to go, right, what was I saying then? What information, new information do we have now to do that? But yeah, constantly burning transfers and that kind of thing unnecessarily is a bit of a a weird one. I've never heard upside chasing, but then again, I blocked most of it on Twitter. (laughs) There was an argument today that someone had quote tweeted and put up and I was like, oh, I wonder what this is about. And then I went into the quote tweet and it was an argument between three people and I had actually blocked all three of those people. (laughs) Brilliant. So it was just this massive thread of you tweet to one, but okay, fuck that. (laughs) Probably for good reason. Um, That's not funny. Yeah, but what what I would say is when you need to make a transfer, just look at at a five or six game block of fixtures and, and target someone and then hopefully you'll be able to forget about that player for a bit and you can use transfers to to always upgrade or always change your weakest link rather than going, oh, well, that player plays Bournemouth this week, so I'll get him in. Yeah, but what are the next four games like? You know, because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to just, like um, Oscar said, there's not enough transfers in this game to do that for me. Unless, you do, unless you're willing to do what our Patreon Mark Daffin does and spend as many points as you like, you know. <laughs> That's how I used to play and it never, like led to good ranks but it was more fun and then i was just like i'm fucking sick of taking points hits every week just so i can like mildly enjoy this stupid game but this is i think this is just your psychology oscar you just yes you just need to win or be having the best team all the time and i really like the grind <laughs> of like, of- yeoman's work is what i'm here for <laughs> Exactly. I've had a few seasons where I've found it tough and I've quite enjoyed it. I've quite enjoyed trying to claw back rank and like, try, you know, trying to outwit everyone else in Chuck. the world. And Chuck, uh, specifically Chuck, uh, and not, <laughs> not succeeding. But, you know, trying to, trying to get a captaincy differential every now and then, try and get a player who maybe other people haven't thought of. And it's not worked very much, I'll admit. But, you know, I've quite enjoyed that, that bit more of a grind i've had in the last few years yeah. so you know well you go. i'll agree that it's my psychology but i'll say that it, it's probably more my adhd than anything else because i just need to tinker like in draft i'm like i'm how many players do i end up keeping from draft night by like the second month of the season yeah. I'm, mm. i've already made five transfers Brilliant. <laughs> i'm pretty four or five like and the season hasn't started yet so mm. um it's more add than anything else but uh you boys want a quiz you've done a quiz I've done a quiz. Oh my goodness, a quiz. Do I have to start closing tabs? Quiz time, quiz time. I'm the quiz wizard now. Quiz time with me. Yes. Uh. (laughs) Before before we do the quiz and lose like ones of people, uh, join our FPL league. Ding. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. I cut uh, whilst we're talking about FPL, um, you can join it. It's on our um, uh, Twitter page at Miles Offside Pod. Or if you want to input the code, the code is DG63MA. Uh, completely free to enter, and the winner this year gets a uh, one of those mystery shirt boxes sent straight to their door. So who knows? The secret ingredient is surprise. Very good. Um, the name of the game, gentlemen, this week is Higher, Lower, or Exactly Right. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. I am going to give you, for each of you, I have written down in the years that this podcast has existed. So 2018 season going forward. Okay. Your FPL best rank, best total points score, worst rank, and worst total points score. I'm going to start with this, Ian. What is your best rank 
in the four years that the podcast has existed. Exact number, please. In what the four years. In the tits. That is bad for me because they, they, they've been bad in the last four years. I think this year might have been my best in the four, though. Um, That's a shame. Yeah, and I think I finished about 145,000. All right, Chuck. Ian thinks he finished 145,000th in the world. Did he actually finish higher, lower, or exactly there? <laughs> when we say exactly there, as in on the number. So on the that's... number, exactly. Yeah. So if he finished 145,000 and won, that would not be exactly there. This this option will come into play more often in later <laughs> instances of sure. this game. Okay. Fine. Uh, I'm going to be kind and say very slightly higher. Ding, ding. The point goes to Chuck. It was better. Ian, believe in yourself. Last season was your best ever. And you finished 132,298 in the world. 32. Okay. So 132. And then that brings us to the next question. Chuck, Mm. what is your best ever rank in the time that this podcast has existed? 29,529. (laughs) 29,529. Ian, is his best ever rank higher, lower, or exactly there? It was his highest ever as well, so I could I could well believe that he had it memorised. Um, I will say higher than that. That is correct. Ding, 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 Ian. It is 29,129. You very clearly oh, do have the number memorised. No, no, no. no. Um, I Well, I knew it was 29,000, and then I wanted to say it with such confidence immediately. <laughs> yeah. That he would think, but uh, yeah, four digits out of five. But yeah, that is my best ever, ever finish. I did consider saying exact. (laughs) (laughs) All right, very good. We are 1-1 on the points. Next up, Ian, what is your best score, total points tally? For context, Um, they are all over 2,000, and none of them were over 3,000. Is this in my entire history? In the last four years since the podcast oh, sorry. has it's existed. All, it's all in the last four years. Okay. Uh, 2,485. 2,485, Ian says, is his highest ever points tally in that time. Chuck, is it higher, lower, or exactly equal to 2,485? So I'm going to say lower. Not necessarily Ooh. by a lot. Ian, so close. Chuck, you are correct. It was lower by exactly two points two points it is 2483 and that was your highest in that time frame i didn't look to see further back if it was your highest of all time uh but same question then to you chuck what is your best score in the last four seasons total points uh again it's last year correct both of you had your best years last year 2570 2,570. Ian, was Chuck's best ever points tally higher, lower, or exactly equal to 2,570? That would make him about 100. I will say lower. Point goes to Chuck. It was higher. It was 2,579 points. And I, I, I'm not going to lie. I knew that exact. I did, did know you? that one exact. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a tough bid. That's a tough place for you there. I got invited, sadly, to a free work mini league, and I looked last year at the winner, and I finished over 400 points above them. Um, so I entered this year. Crushed there them. There you go. Very nice. Um, from your bests, we move on to your worsts. Ian, in the time that this podcast has existed, what is your worst ever rank in FPL? 480,000. 
All right. Chuck, mm. it is, that is not exactly correct. I'll give you that hint. <laughs> What's <Well, it's laughs> his worst mate. ever rank better or worse than 400, 428? Is that what you said? 480,000. 480. Worse. Correct. It was worse. Point to Chuck. He finished 616,090 <laughs> one season. That's I believe that was the first season that the podcast existed, so he would have been editing 19 hours a week. Oh, exactly. I was very bad at it back then. <laughs> and we recorded about four-hour episodes that you had to cut. We did, yeah. I had a child. Um, Shut up. <laughs> in that same time frame, since the podcast has existed, what is your worst ever finish? One million and two thousand. One million and two thousand. Ian was his best, his worst rank, higher or lower than one million uh, and two thousand. Better than that, higher, but you know, better than that. Yes, better than that is correct. Point goes to Ian. Chuck, ah. your worst rank was nine hundred and sixty-one thousand seven hundred and fifty-seven. Uh, you just kind of gave up that season. I think that was the pandemic season or the season after the pandemic season. I don't know. They're all pandemic that was seasons. Two, mostly. <laughs> two seasons ago. Things did yeah. not go well. No. Um, and then we finish off with scores. Ian, what is your worst score, total points tally in that time frame? 2240. 2240. Chuck is his best ever, or sorry, his worst score in that time frame, higher or lower than 2240? Uh, oh. I'm going to say lower, but not by much. It's around there. It feels around there. Ding, ding, ding. Correct, Chuck. It is lower. It was 2131. Oh, that's 100 out. Jesus. That's not great. It's not great. Okay. Um, Chuck, yours was not much better, but what is your worst ever score? That was not a hint, Ian. It's not off by like one or two. It's just, you know, trying to keep his ego mildly in check. <laughs> no, no, no. My last, yeah. My last, uh, I'm going to say 2,080 points. 2,080. Did he have more or less points than 2,080 in his worst scoring season? Um, I will go with less. It was higher. More points. Ah. So point to you Chuck. You've me, Chuck. Absolutely trounced is correct. We finished with a score of six to two. So go ahead and play Chuck's music. What is my music? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was my music. Yeah. England. Yeah, Very nice. Na, 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 Do you guys want to take a guess at the tiebreaker? Um, the tiebreaker. Uh, I'll go higher. <laughs> The tiebreaker is prices right rules. Just for funsies, prices right rules, meaning the closest without going over the number. What is the MOP podcast account's best ever finish? It was in 2019 slash 2020. And I'll give you a hint. It is better than Ian's best ever finish in that time frame. Okay. That's painful. Uh, 120,000? Wait, as in, in this one, is it higher as in lower is better or? No, no. It's as close as possible without going over. Uh, oh, yep. I still don't know what that means. Higher. Which way? So, uh, oh, um, <laughs> lower. <laughs> oh, oh, look, whatever. I'll say uh, ninety-nine thousand. Can we just do closest wins? Uh, yeah, sure. Closest wins. One hundred and twenty-seven thousand. One hundred and twenty-seven thousand. Ian, what about you? What's your guess? 
99,000. It was 125,000. We finished 125,000th oh, in the Chuck world. Chuck, that's a practically oh, wait, clean sweep with Chuck but Was I over? I don't understand the rules. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I'm not sure either. I lost track of it at the end there. But point goes to Chuck. Chuck, you take the lead early on in the season. First one, baby. Get used to it. Um, fixtures. Fixtures are back. Fixtures. Oh, my God. Fixtures. Mm, mm, mm. Four days to go, baby. Till the slaughter at Selhurst. Uh, <laughs> Crystal Palace Arsenal kicks off the season at 8 pm on Friday. Then we have Fulham Liverpool early on Saturday. Do we see the Friday return deadline. of the early oh, Friday deadline straight away? Yes, FPL 6 30. <laughs> um, oh, bloody hell. Mark Daffin. Um, can Fulham do the early early Saturday fixture jinx on Liverpool? Chances are no. Um, we then do Bournemouth Villa, Leeds Wolves, Newcastle no- <laughs> Newcastle Enfo, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Spurs versus Southampton. And then we round off uh, Saturday with the Frank Lampard derby, Everton versus Chelsea. Uh, then on Sunday, Leicester Brentford, Manchester United Brighton and West Ham Man City. Premier League football is back, baby. Let's fucking have it. What a beautiful, glorious time to be alive. England won a European Championship. Uh, it's it's all gravy. Beautiful things. Um, say goodbye, Oscar Puente. Goodbye, Oscar Puente. Well, quiz wizard, Oscar Puente. Say thank goodbye, you. super producer, Ian Stimson. Bye-bye. And, as ever, thank you to our producers out there on Patreon. Johnny, Nate, Mark... Sam, Jeff, and Andy Penprace. You can join us, patreon.com forward slash Mars Offside Pod. We bloody love you. Have a good year. <laughs>